Welcome to Unleashing Your Great Work, a podcast about doing the work that matters the most to you. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Crowell, a cognitive psychologist, coach, and the creator of the Great Work Journals. Every week on this podcast, we are asking the big questions. What is great work and why does it matter so much to us? What does it take to do more of your great work without sacrificing everything else? And how does the world change when more people are doing more of the work that matters the most to them? So whether your great work is building your own small business or managing a remote team at a multinational company, you'll find insight and answers here. Welcome, everybody, to Unleashing Your Great Work. This week, I couldn't be more excited to welcome my friend, Michelle Kaplan. She is a founder and CEO of an HR consulting and training firm focusing on emotional intelligence, change management, creating and sustaining high-performance teams, effective decision-making, and increasing psychological safety at work. Michelle is also a producer on Harmony, a new musical by Barry Manilow and Bruce Sussman. Welcome to the podcast, Michelle. Thank you so much, Amanda. It's so great to be here. I'm so glad that you're here. So we're going to start where we always start, (laughs) which is the question. Tell us just a little bit about your great work. Yeah. And I, you know, before I even answer that question, I want to just give some context Mm. uh, to that, uh, the, the phrase great work, because, you know, it's a great question and it really made me think about what is my great work, right? What what are the things that inspire me and I'm passionate about? Um, And I was always jealous, even as a kid of those uh, people who just like, they woke up, you know, were born and just knew they wanted to be the doctor, the fire, you know, the firefighter, like everything, because I always had so many different interests. And so when I think about what I'm doing now, which is um, part HR, like human resources, consulting, coaching mm-hmm. executives, uh, published poet, and yeah. now producing a show that's, you know, uh, that was off Broadway, hopefully going to Broadway. It's like such a diverse, at least on the surface of things that I do. And so your question of what is your great work made me kind of just pause and be like, there has to be something inter- interconnected with mm-hmm. all these different from the corporate HR to my entrepreneurial consulting to being creative in writing and uh, theater. Yeah. And there is something. So thank you for this. So what I really got a sense is, is that I think the, the great work for me is helping myself and others kind of really becoming the hero of their own story. Mm. And, you know, with the work that I do, it kind of even reminds me of Joseph Campbell, who wrote, you know, Hero with a Thousand Faces. Um, and he really talks about, you know, whether it's you're crafting a story, right, from a creative expression. I really always saw it more as how do you live your life, right? Yeah. We're all writing our story each day, right? So in a sense, it's kind of like, you know, how do you become the hero of your story? And do you need coaching for that? Is that ah. something you want to switch jobs? Um, is there a problem in your organization? The, the work that I write about, like, and I write poetry is not necessarily autobiographical, but mm. it's always personal and yeah. like perspective and trying to figure out, like, as Joseph Campbell kind of breaks it up into the three acts of like, there's a decision to act, 
Mm-hmm. There's the action. And then there's the consequence, yeah. right? To the action. And I really work with people in so many different industries in different ways, um, you know, as they're in those kind of various stages. Hmm. So what is it about sort of heroism or the notion of being the hero that speaks to you? I think for me is that it's like taking on a challenge, the Mm. problem solving. And I think for many times, it's really the journey within that Mm. really fascinates me. It's that like a lot of times we fast, we get, um, and I'm so guilty of this myself, where it's like, I get caught up in what's externally happening to me Mm -hmm. and that I'm experiencing. Mm. And it's like, my God, if this person wasn't, you know, was a little kinder, right? Or if this event didn't happen, it would be better, right? In some way. And I find what I'm fascinated with the heroism. It's a hard word, heroism. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Because I got like tongue tied there. Yeah, it's hard. Um, Because I'm like so excited. I have like 10 thoughts going on in my head right now. Um, But it's like, it's the journey within that changes the outside. And so that's what I'm particularly fascinated about. And even for myself, where it's like, you know, sometimes things don't really change outwardly, but because Mm. I have a different perspective, I'm like, I'm, I'm seeing it differently. And then it helps me make, um, you know, more effective decisions for my life and for my career, my family. Hmm. So that's interesting. So it sounds a little bit like you're saying that true heroics so we'll just leave heroism on it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. So true heroics are really about an expression of change that's happening inside of you. And it's reflected in the outside world. But yes. really the, the impetus, the source of it is inside of you. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And we kind of come to that realization, you know, hopefully, yeah. you know, in a sense. So, you know, there are a lot of times where, um, you know, there is the reluctant hero. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, with everything going on in the world nowadays, I just know so many people, I kind of wrote a poem about the reluctant activist, you know, it's like, I don't know if people are seeking to, um, you know, the part of the process and the challenge of all this is, you know, really having a voice and being Mm -hmm. aware of the judgments, um, and, you know, people, you know, you're, when you put yourself out there, you know, there's that whole vulnerability piece that yeah. really comes up. And so, you know, I remember before my first book of poetry went out there, I was so excited. And then like two days before the book was released, I mean, you're an author, so I, you probably get this. I was like, oh my God, why did I do this? I thought yeah. this was the good <laughs> I was just thinking that today. Were what you? was I thinking? Yeah, I was like, why? why did I write this book? I've never, like, if I want to get another job, I'll never be able to get another job. <laughs> I, so funny that you mentioned that today. today was yeah, it's just, I, I mean, we all kind of go through that. It's like, I'm really putting myself out there and like, I don't like poetry or, or what you write about. I don't agree. And I think uh, the beauty about like, for instance, poetry is that there is no right or wrong answer, right? It kind of meets you where you're at. And kind of, you know, how, you know, people will say, what were you thinking when you wrote this poem? And I would say, I'll tell you, but I would love to know what you think. Mm. Because nine times out of 10, I'm blown away Mm -hmm. by not what I was expecting. Like, wow, you got that? Mm. 
you know, like everyone's a poet really in their own way in like the, the art of life. So in a sense, yeah. it's like, you know, I'm very curious to know, you know, in what context someone kind of read it. Because it's oh, so interesting. In mind. Yeah, it is interesting. Like poetry as an inkblot test. What do you see? Yes. <laughs> well said, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and really all expressions of art, you know, uh-huh. dance and being a true, you know, like painting and sculpting. Mm-hmm. It is, it's like, you know, what do you see in that? And then that is kind of revealing then, and then the coach in me, right. Mm. And they kind of says, you know, especially from like my leadership development work that I do, it's kind of like, you know, you know, why did that kind of come up Mm -hmm. and how do we kind of move you through it? I think that's, you know, it's a challenge and I just have such respect for people who, kind of know, like most people will say to me, Michelle, I don't know what I really want. And I found through the years um, that a lot of people do know what they want. They just don't think they can have it. Right. They've been denying it. Yeah. Right. And so in a sense, how do we start working towards, you know, you achieving that? Because I haven't met anybody who was an overnight success or who did it alone. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there's always a group of people um, and, you know, and it takes time. Mm-hmm. But for me and I think for others, it's like if you know you're making progress, we're good. Right. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to stand still or yeah. you know, not move backwards. Yeah. Right. A hundred percent. So uh, in that in that vein, let's just back up just a little bit and say, you know, we've we've referenced it a few things like you're a poet and you do HR and coaching. But can you just tell us a little bit, like, how did you get here? Tell us a little bit of the narrative history so that we can, we can really understand your perspective as we unpack more of this. Excellent. Okay. So for, you know, I've worked 30 years in human resources, so I have mm-hmm. a degree in, you know, I think at the time they called it industrial psychology, yep. <laughs> you know, but uh, there was no majors in HR, um, but I've spent my career, you know, um, in, in human resources And then slowly through my career, um, you know, my writing kind of started in the early mornings um, with a, you know, bad case of bedhead and um, (laughs) sitting there kind of grounding myself, especially when I was trying to figure out things for Mm -hmm. myself and like what was happening at work and with my family. My journaling is really... um, become much more of a meditation practice almost and Mm -hmm. really kind of going within. Um, And then I started sharing the poetry um, and that in my corporate setting, I just kind of got this knowing, you know, more like an intuitive voice to start sharing it, which I did. Um, And like, it just totally changes the conversation. You get out of your head that Mm -hmm. I'm right. And I'm writer than you, right? Mm. I'm, I'm right into more of the heart of kind of mm. like, huh, you know, just like your question of like, what is your great work did for mm. me? It's like, okay, I didn't have that like quick, easy, you know, mm-hmm. snap answer, you know, type of thing. And so as I wrote, I started sharing it and decided to publish my work. And then I kind of saw a script in my head. I was like, I don't know why, but I'm seeing a lot of these poems and the things I write about, which is very much more about personal transformation. I love how one bookstore didn't put my books in the poetry section. They put it in the personal uh, development, self-help section. Uh-huh. And exactly. So that person actually read the poems. Uh-huh. Exactly what I write about. And, you know, and then I, I got the sense of the script. 
So I always reach out to coaches and teachers and mentors who, who know, mm-hmm. um, you know, and come up to speed so much quicker when you work with someone uh, Definitely. that is in the know. And so I met a, um, a producer on uh, Broadway, Ken Davenport, who has been a wonderful mentor and coach and has now. But how did you meet Ken Davenport? Because I actually now, well, maybe because I know you, but like, I know his name. He's quite the producer. He's not like a producer. He's like one of the producers. Yes. So how did you meet Ken Davenport? You know, it's like one of the practices I always say, if you want, if, if you know, especially I was saying before, like when you, when you know what you want, but you don't even know how to get it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, one of um, the things I've learned through the years is just let everybody know what that dream is. You don't have to tell everybody, especially right. if we're going to like, you know, not, right. you know, be like, talk you out of it, you know, right, right, right. well-intentioned, but misinformed people that do that, sure. you know? So I was just telling people how I, I want to write a script and I, I, I know nothing about script writing at all. Mm. And his name came up and I looked, and so I looked uh, him up online. Mm. He has a goal of, you know, 5,000 shows by 2025. Like he really wants, he loves theater, wants to get theater out in the world and really has, uh, you know, a personal passion for helping others get their shows out there. Mm. But I saw online, I saw he was speaking like within two weeks, he had some type of seminar. So Mm. um, pre-pandemic, I went and and saw him speak and met him and um, realized, you know, he's full of integrity and the real deal. So then I signed up for, he has a, a program. Um, and that's okay. how I met him. So I had to kind of apply to the program and be interviewed and things like that. So all that is online um, for Ken's program. And then, you know, quickly, I just like totally embraced it. You know, if I'm in, I'm in. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I love learning. Right. And that's where, again, Joseph, I had read Joseph Campbell's Hero of a Thousand Faces from a personal development perspective years ago. And now yeah. here it is coming up again, the hero's journey from a writing perspective. Mm-hmm. And it was just, Again, it's so interconnected. I just love it. Um, and so he was the one, I mean, I think great leaders, um, the leaders that I've worked with personally, coach, um, you know, really have that real knack of seeing the potential in someone yeah. um, before you actually do, before mm-hmm. that person does. Mm-hmm. And he was the one who approached me and asked, you know, have you ever considered um, being a producer? And I was like, absolutely not. Like I'm a writer. <laughs> right, there's no. a limiting belief. No. <laughs> but then I was like, wait, I know what a producer does, right? But it's like, what do you do? Right. Uh-huh. And so after understanding it, I was very intrigued and I sat with it. And I again, the hero's journey is like, you know, that reluctancy of like, mm. do I really, you know, it's very humbling, you know, after being 30 years in human resources and knowing the ins and outs of right. that. It's very humbling to start to be brand new, mm-hmm. uh, start a new industry, new response, but everything takes you longer. You don't know what you're doing, but you're doing it. Uh, <laughs> but with that beginner's mindset and, yeah. um, you know, and so that's why he's a great coach and mentor because, you know, it's like, I have a question and, you know, he's accessible and answers it. Um, but know that I've been doing it, I would say about six months. Mm-hmm. I love it. So it's like another, so who knew, like I, that knew? Was, I, I'm a very goal oriented person. So I have, this was not on any list, <laughs> not on my radar. Right. Yeah. Like, so I think to answer, you know, a long, very long winding road to kind of say, it's just evolved 
It's yeah. just that if you follow the breadcrumbs mm-hmm. of your passions and see what comes out up and then, you know, decide in that moment, like, is this the best time? I mean, if my daughter is a teenager, if she was much younger, I might say, yes, I'm interested, but I'll have to do this at another time. Right, right. It might be off. But I was kind of like, you know, putting myself out there, kind of like, if I don't try it, then I'm going to regret not knowing. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So what does a producer do? A producer? <laughs> you know, we're all like, you, you skipped over that part. And I was like, wait, 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 wait time <laughs> out. Whatever's like, what does a producer do? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what I love about it is that I thought it was very different from my world of business. And mm-hmm. it's really not. A producer is really a CEO, uh, part of the leadership team of a show. And, you know, you're, you're there with directors and choreographers and costume designers and um, writers and composers. It's, it's amazing, the creativity uh, in one room. And what a producer mm. is, it's definitely more the business and the operation side of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, just like any startup, you're finding investors, private investors, to invest mm-hmm. in the show, mm-hmm. uh, to spend money, um, and then really kind of working, you know, you know, having people come to the show. So whatever that's from the marketing and operations, and then there's other people, stage managers, general managers, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but after being exposed to this, I'm like, this isn't so different. It's just a different industry. And so, mm-hmm. um, and I actually just gave a talk recently about what Broadway could teach the boardroom. Mm. Because I found that I'm I'm fascinated with the amount of so much more actually doing the collaboration part um, in shows than than there are from my experiences and client experiences in corporate. So it's mm-hmm. not in every company, and there's different pockets of things. But I'm just fascinated. Like everybody's aligned to the goal. The goal is the, the success of the show. Yeah. And everybody has their role and responsibilities very clear and has their perspective. So I love hearing all the discussion if there's Mm -hmm. an issue or something they want to do. But then a decision's made and you move on because then it'll impact the show. If not, you know, Um, and so the the show that I've just been working with, A Harmony, which was off Broadway and just had like a New York run. um, and as yes. we kind of wait, what it was happened. a great show, by the way. I know. Thank you. I know. <laughs> I saw the show with you. That's awesome. Yeah, it's we so did. We saw the coming. show together. It was so, exactly it's fascinating. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a strong leadership team um, mm-hmm. between Ken as the lead producer with Sandy Moran um, and then having, you know, Barry Manilow and Bruce Sussman, you know, writing and composing the music yeah. and then having Warren Carlisle as the director and choreographer. I mean, it's such a strong leadership team. And actually, that is why I chose to produce that show as a main reason. Besides the story is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like this team of people is going gonna, is gonna to take it somewhere. I mean, they're just so. And so I'm again, I'm. It doesn't matter which environment you have those certain great work hats on. Yeah. I'm looking at it again, probably from a different lens than somebody else, but I'm, I am looking at it from a business perspective as well as just being very artistic and creative. So what was fascinating to me watching the show, because I've been to a lot of Broadway shows like you, I just love it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did some theater in 
you know, high school and college. So I thought I understood what was happening. But then when you were the producer and you invited Michelle and Michelle invited me, it was what I loved about it the most outside of the show, which was lovely, was that we sat sort of close to all the producers. And it was interesting to hear the sort of side chatter amongst you about the show. You know, it was like, I feel like I got like a view into what it is like to be invested in something, part of creating it, like putting your entire heart and soul behind the success of it. And I remember the, to me, one of the more memorable moments was when something would happen on the stage, the entire like six producers sitting (laughs) in this, like, were like the loudest clappers, the like, like, it was like, they were not going to let that cast think that they didn't have support, that this wasn't happening, that they weren't really doing. It was so fascinating to feel the energy of the producers kind of carrying and like infusing the show with all the support, which is just an interesting, you don't think about that. You don't, you don't think that it's like you, it's like watching a movie. You don't really think about the person holding the boom, you know, but like that person has such a big impact on the overall success of it. And it's just really interesting to think about all the, the cast of characters that you're now sort of aware of in a way that you probably were not before you were a producer. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, you've got to check out the Great Work Community. The Great Work Community is where change-making entrepreneurs make drama-free progress together. Come on over for a co-working, accountability, coaching, and just-in-time courses. Check out the Great Work Community. The link is in the show notes. Yeah. Oh my God. Thanks for sharing that insight. I mean, that's true. I never really thought of it, you know, being in it. You mm-hmm. are hundred percent vested, you know, emotionally as well mm-hmm. as financially. And, um, you know, being someone who, who doesn't sing, who doesn't act and doesn't mm-hmm. dance then my next life, I want to come back like, <laughs> as a performer. I really do. I'm so yeah. envious of <laughs> like such talent. Um, I've been to the show, you know, over the course of the nine week run, it was, I had to be at least 15 times and wow. still amazed, you know, going with different people and things. And, um, they're just such a talented group of people on the stage and behind the scenes, um, mm-hmm. as well that you just are, you do, you root for them because they, they talk about putting yourself out there, right. Yeah. Doing it. And sometimes, you know, Wednesdays and Sundays, you're doing it twice a day. I mean, it's yeah. uh, physical demand, um, but they're just, you know, top rate, uh, you know, just, they just do it. I mean, I just can't imagine like, here, make this change, Michelle. And then I, I'm often doing it. I just, it's just amazing to me when, when, when people are really in their passions and doing their talents, Mm. that's the part for me that I just get such a kick out of it. Like, Mm. I'm just like, wow, Mm -hmm. they just make it look so effortless and there's so much practice Mm. and time invested in that making it look effortless when it when it um which which eventually does kind of get there but you know there's so much behind that and I just have such a better appreciation um and then also it's like you know with each person having their role responsibility on the show um yeah like coming together it's like it's a win-win you know Mm -hmm. it's definitely an, an abundance mindset over like lack and that's what I, I love. And I find I, I notice the most on the contrast 
between mm-hmm. sometimes in a corporate environment where it's kind of like there are no silos in the in the show, right? It's pretty small. It's yeah. like you know, of course I'm going to root you on. It's like it's a win win. We all win. The mm-hmm. audience wins. Like everybody, you know, it's, yeah. it's entertainment and doing what you love. Um, and having the opportunity to do that versus sometimes sometimes or in different pockets of companies where it's kind of like, you know, uh, th- th- there isn't that mindset. So it can be, you know, um, you know, w- anything from an extremely toxic environment to one that at least isn't the most accepting. Um, yeah, fractured. Right, exactly. Yeah, competitive. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's a great that's sort of a great segue to the question of, you know, you've been feeling your way through it and it sounds like an amazing adventure. Um, but I'm sure there were struggles in your HR career and as part of being a new producer on a show with an amazing leadership team, what, what kind of struggles did you have to overcome in order to do your great work? Yeah, I think that the, the common theme through that for me is you know, a little bit of that imposter syndrome kind of going on. It's kind of like, do I really belong here? Hmm. Like, is this where I need to go? So again, it was much more of an inside job, much more of the mindset. Uh, you know, am I coming up to speed as quickly? Am I doing this right? Um, and then especially, um, you know, more recently, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, in the, in the producing role, kind of saying like, everybody's been doing this for like years and mm. I'm like brand new people. And this one um, man said to me, like, who are you? <laughs> How did you even get here? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, just <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm here. I, I, I really was kind of like, I'm not really exactly sure myself. I need to process that, but I'm here now. So, you know, how can I help you? Right. Kind of thing. Um, it's like, I don't know. That's a really good question. But I, I really find that for me, that the struggle is, you know, am I coming up to speed as quickly? Am I being of service to others and kind of what that looks like? And then there's also the second, I think, other part for me that was a struggle was, you know, that vulnerability of like, I need to show up as myself. And in mm. some companies that worked out really well yeah. in HR and in some companies, not so much. Hmm. And then it's like, instead of internalizing it, kind of saying like, this is fine. Like this company, this is how they operate. And maybe this isn't the best fit for me Mm -hmm. type of thing. I especially found it when um, my, I, um, you know, when my daughter, uh, I adopted my daughter. So when she came home and she was eight months old and I really, I changed, I changed a lot, right. On how flexible I am and how I work and things. And it just, you know, I really had to look hard in the mirror and say, I'm the one who changed, yeah, not the company. And so what, what's best for my family right now? Mm. That feels like, um, that feels like it was probably quite a deep lesson that maybe was learned and relearned and learned and relearned. Because I feel like most people, when they feel like they are the one who doesn't belong, it's easy to be like, what's wrong with me that I don't belong here? Definitely. It's it's actually not. I mean, I think you would agree, right? It's just not the default way to be like, you know, there's something wrong with this environment or it's just not a good fit. It really does feel like it's almost existential. Like I must fit in. Like, what do I need to do in order to to not be rejected, to not, you know, but it feels like a lot of maturity to say, to see it from this other perspective that you're talking about. So was that something that you struggled with over time or, or did you sort of have a light bulb moment? You're like, 
done with this or how did that part work for you? Yeah, I mean, I did struggle with it. Um, I think it just would come up, you know, it wasn't, I didn't, I don't know if it felt like an everyday type of struggle, mm-hmm. you know, when certain issues came up and certain themes. Um, mm-hmm. But I did have that so done moment um, where something was happening. And I was just like, I really, you know, and again, that is part of the hero's journey is kind of like, you know, where you're, you're slowly starting, you know, of course we want to uh, please others and, you know, and meet their expect or exceed their expectations, especially, you know, in a work setting, but it's something yeah. when it, when it hits at the integrity of who you really are, mm. you can't, there, there comes a point where it's like, all right, yeah. Okay. This one I can, this one I can, uh, does it really matter? And then sometimes you have to say like, I am going to die on this hill. This, this yeah. is who I am. So right. for me, it was just more this like, so done moment of like, I, like, why is this not acceptable uh, anymore? Um, and then, you know, just trying to figure that out, then what is? So for myself personally, yes, it keeps coming up and I've learned more about who I am by who I'm not. Okay. It's much more of a process of elimination. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out, like, I love when people are like, how did you know what you wanted to be when you grew up? And I'm like, I'm still trying to figure <laughs> that out. I don't know. I mean, I but love- what did you discover that you're not? What am I not? Hmm. I think for me, I, what I've discovered is that, you know, from a people pleasing perspective, for instance, this is what's coming up right now. It's that you could become this like acrobat and you can like contort yourself in this. And at some point you just can't do that anymore. It's like the lesson of like, it's never going to be enough. And Hmm. right. So in a sense, it's like, but everyone is enough right now as is that's a personal belief. So then in a sense, it's like, it just, again, my perspective changed. So what knowing that, and really feeling that it's kind of like now when something happens and you just say you didn't do something at work and I was expecting something on Friday and it's Friday and it isn't there. Now my thought isn't like, what's wrong with Amanda, right? Like why yeah. did, my thought now is like, what happened? Something uh-huh. happened. So I approach it so differently now where mm-hmm. it's kind of like, are you okay? Like what's going on? Because I'm confused. Like, why didn't you get it? I mean, I know that somebody isn't waking up today. Like, oh, how are we going to screw Michelle and her work? Right. Right. People don't do that. So mm-hmm. it's like, I need to come from it from, right. Like learning that. And then that's a whole different dialogue and discussion um, that you're having with somebody and then realizing, yeah. oh, oh, I, maybe I didn't communicate that or I did. They heard me, but they didn't truly understand. And so, you know, sometimes you got to own some of that, um, you know, and that type of thing. And then that's how you build trust. I mean, as you learn and you go and have multiple interactions with people and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So I think, you know, that's just one thing about, you know, staying in integrity, you know, as much because I'm pretty clear a lot of times on what I want, Yeah, but I'm much more flexible on how Mm -hmm. I get there. And what that looks like. Which of course paves the way for you to go places you never could have expected. Exactly. Like theater. Like being I was a kid who was rejected. Right. I was the one who tried out for all the plays. Oh. And you know, I never made any of like (laughs) (laughs) 
I was in one. That's not true. I did make one once, but yeah, in, in camp. But I, you know, it's so funny. So that's why, you know, if you if you really listen, you know, there there is a knowledge that you need to have, but there's also that wisdom, that intuitive side where, mm. you know, like really, uh, that's why I love the inside journey out again, whether through coaching, through my writing, through theater, yeah. because it's like you're writing the story of your life every day. So it's like part of that is some intuitiveness, that inner wisdom of like. Right. My first reaction about producing is no, thank you. I'm a writer. Right. It's like that. And then I was like, wait, what was that? (laughs) What did I just say no to? (laughs) To Ken Davenport. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably, oh man, that's such a good story. So I keep coming back in my mind to the, to the idea of the hero's journey as the thread of your great work. Mm -hmm. And like, as I look back on the things that you're describing, it feels like, first of all, you see your art as sort of inciting heroes journeys, right? Like I'm, you know, that just one, I like to think of art as sort of like these mirrors that we put out there. And it's like, you, you have to look into the art and what you, but what you see back is of course reflected by the shape of the mirror and things like that. But really what you see back is what you need to see, what you, what you are here to see, what resonates with you yeah. and your poetry always, I see it all the time on Instagram yeah. and it, it often strikes me that way that it's, you know, it's always got some kind of clever, uh, I don't know quite the right words, but like, it's like two, the same words can mean two things always in the titles. And I'm always like, Oh, what? That's interesting. Yeah. Um, right. So yeah. like, that feels like, okay, so you're, in, you're really inciting heroes journeys is one way to kind of think about that you put the artwork out there so that people can see what they need to see and maybe be moved to yeah. take off on a new adventure or to see it in a new way or to do the work that allows them to say yes when the adventure presents itself. Yes. So I'm, I'm feeling that from you. And then it's like the coaching is really helping people. Now they're on the journey and they need someone to talk to about it. So I'm going to talk to you about it. And, and like, you probably, it seems like you, you tell me if I'm wrong, but sort of fascinated by just watching them as they unfold through their journey. Yes. I mean, there's no greater, greater satisfaction than it's kind of like seeing somebody because you know that you have to make a lot of people, right. To say, what would you do, Michelle? Right. Just even a mm-hmm. friend, like not even, and it's kind of like, at some point it doesn't really matter what I, I mean, like, let's help you figure out what you should do. Right. Because yeah. this really depends on so many different factors. And at some point it's like, you have all your mentors and coaches and, but at the end of the day, you you, you, you go home when you're by yourself. Yeah. And it's like, what can you really live with? And yeah. what can you not? And I think only the individual can really answer. Yeah. So as the coach, you're like the Sherpa. You're like back on, it's yeah. right back to you, right back to you, right back to you. I'm gonna keep yeah, I really trust that, that everyone is the expert of them. You know, what mm-hmm. for genius. I'll give the, I do give, you know, uh, some direct feedback. Um, but at the same point, but, the feedback is different than making the actual decision Yeah. where, when, what, how, you mm-hmm. know, those types of things. And then we could kind of talk out and play out where the, that can lead to. Um, and you did, you know, really pick up. That's why with, from the poetry perspective, it's like even something like yesterday's poem was called wearing makeup mm-hmm. and it's wearing, you could be that quite literal, like that mm-hmm. micro perspective of wearing makeup, like on your face Mm-hmm. Or wearing is kind of like worn out, like it's so wearing, right? Oh, and then yeah. makeup, the makeup, the made up stuff that's kind of going on. Uh, 
<laughs> See, that's so good. You didn't know, right? So it's kind yeah. of like, you know, and I don't know, can I read this? It's a really short Yes, one. please. Yeah. So, the wearing makeup is, and as she draws on a smile with her bright red lipstick and applies thick mask mascara that blackens her already darkened downcast eyes, it still fogs up her vision and makes it hard to breathe with the new mask she has on. Still hurts her ears, even when they say there are no strings attached. As she knows better when there's too much makeup to hide the made up. And are you also worn out by too much made up with no making up? Wow. And it's the play on words is what you're talking about. And yeah. then, you know, again, so I, the reason I, that one stood in my mind is because I just even had someone call me this morning about what came up for her mm-hmm. with, with that again. And really like you, um, so, you know, expertly kind of captured is that like, right. Helping her with her hero's journey. Like how does she get yeah. past something, you know, with everything going on? Hers was a much more personal example people were private messaging me um, yesterday just about, you know, how they're just feeling about the whole world in general and different things. So again, it's fascinating with words, you know, um, and then, right, either helping them just kind of go within to help figure out, you know, how, how, how can this help you? Yeah, right. So incites the adventure. Yes. And then you're helping them to sort of traverse the pathway of it and every twist and turn and having someone to talk to about that is huge. I mean, uh, I, I really think that's why people hire coaches. I feel like that's why people hire me to be their coach for sure. Is Cause they just want yeah. someone to, who's really paying close attention, who's in it with them to really help them on their journey. Just yes. having a partner, a thought partner, a partner in crime, a ride or die, like just a, a companion for the yes, journey. Just like you and I, as coaches, it's like, the the example you gave about listening to all the producers, right? Sitting around, we're all like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, right? Coach does for their clients. It's like you're you're hundred percent invested in their success. Like you want them yeah. to succeed. And then you know, what is the best path? Like and helping them figure that out. Mm-hmm. Right. And the best path is the one that they feel inside themselves, right? Yeah. So interesting. So then we get to the sort of the peak of the of the journey, this particular journey. And of course, in a story, the, the journey then has the denouement, like the return to normal. But I suspect that your story is nowhere near the denouement. So what what's the next twist for you? Where are we headed next? <laughs> I don't know. I really, ah. And I'm so learning. It's an, This is what I, you know, I'm very purposeful each day um, uh. is learning to live in that unknown and uncertainty. Yeah. Uh, which is not easy to do. I'm much the control freak, uh, mm-hmm. self-admitted. So, you know, like when things are really crazy, right? I got to like straighten out that junk drawer or something. Like I, I need some control over my life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm quite happy. I never thought I would be here. It's just, you know, um, I would say probably um, the last 10, 15 years. Again, it's not overnight. This is just takes mm-hmm. time. Uh, to kind of get more into your own. So I think for me, what the future is definitely going to be more HR consulting, coaching. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, and I'm very drawn to the producing. I want to yeah. get more involved, maybe do different shows. Um, and, you know, really, I love 
theater industry and people. Um, mm-hmm. They're just real. They're the real deal. And um, so I'm very drawn to the people as well as their, uh, their passion for their craft. Um, and so um, that is definitely where, and then just really, I mean, just for family. I mean, my daughter has only a couple of more years. Uh, mm. She's in high school. So I just really want to enjoy her. You know, the yeah. next, I know chains are coming, like the change will come again in another couple of years. So yeah. I really just, you know, so there's a part of me that wants to like be in the moment and experience it all. And then there is that part of like kind of what's next, but I find that more and more I set what I call intentions rather than these specific goals, mm-hmm. because then it leaves me that that word makes a difference for me because it allows some flexibility in yeah. like where I'm going and what I'm doing and where and with who. Yeah. Yeah. And what a great experience for your daughter to watch you have so much trust in yourself to do something new and to wade into an entirely new uh, industry with entirely new collaborators and to, to so trust yourself and your own figure out ability. And like, mm. I don't know, like the, what you have to offer, like to trust what you have to offer to go like, that's such a brave thing to witness. And for her to witness that in high wow. school. Yeah. Thank before you. she goes off into the world. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, wow. she's seen the highs and lows. She's seen it where it's like, right, getting ready for opening night. And it's so fun to get right all dressed up. And she's also seen me where I've just gotten off the phone with a potential investor who was like, you know, wasn't maybe responding in the kindest way. Right. So uh-huh. she's kind of seen it all. And then I, but I think the thing that when you spoke of that just now made me think was, but then the next day, she, you know, commented to me, right. But you get up. Yeah. You just keep going like that. Right. Exactly. Because what else can we model? There is no way for, otherwise we'd all do it for our kids. And then who knows what the world would be like, but there's no way to guarantee a, a frictionless, disappointmentless, lossless, griefless life. We can't model that. It's not possible. Exactly. And I think that's what differentiates what is, you know, back to your first question, which is that is what the great differentiates the great work mm-hmm. from that. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Like I like it, you know, because the great work you, you take your lumps, everybody. I mean, I've been up at two in the morning, like, what am I doing? Like what, what, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know anybody who doesn't do that, yeah. but at the end of the day, the passion outweighs, you know, the fear, like, right. The fear factor um, mm. And there's other things that I wouldn't, I'd be like, okay, I'm done. I yeah. tried this. It wasn't right. Right. Because you don't feel work. the disappointment because you're not as invested because it's not your great work. Correct. But then it doesn't light you up. But can't Correct. take you in the other direction to the same high. Correct. And that's mm. why I had to kind of give this a shot because it was intriguing enough to give it a shot. And I'm like, it's, I'm going to play this out full force and then I'll mm-hmm. in a year or whatever, you know, I'll figure it out if this is still for me. So, but at least you kind of give it the chance and, you know, yeah. and there's a lot of things I've tried where it's not my yeah. great work and that's okay too. Go again. Yeah. Figuring right. out that, you know, really prioritizing how you spend your days. Right. That's the journey. Yeah. For sure. Ah, so good. Well, I would like for you to tell us, because at this point, I'm sure people are like, first of all, I need to go see Harmony, which 
they can't until it's picked up on Broadway. Yes, exactly. During the time, yes, it just finished its uh, nine-week run in uh, Lower Manhattan um, at the Yiddish Theater in New York City in Battery Park. So that is done. Um, so but it's perfect because now we all just get to hold the intention. Yes. We will. We will be able to see it on Broadway. Yes, we're just waiting to hear, you know, yeah. and there will be a cast album uh, with the songs coming out, you know, sometime in the near future. I, I don't even have a date of that. That's like in process. Uh-huh. Um, so that's great. And then, yeah, people like poetry or what some some of my friends just call them like little vignettes or like little mm-hmm. mini stories um, on Instagram. Um, it's I'm under the Michelle Kaplan. There's yep. a lot of Michelle Kaplan's out there. So I had changed. So the Michelle Kaplan. And then my mm-hmm. website is uh, michellejkaplan.com. Yeah. Right. And we'll put all of that in the show notes and people can reach out to you if they want coaching or if they want to tell you how great your poetry is and to keep yeah. their, keep tabs on harmony as it unfolds. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Amanda. Oh, thank you for coming on the podcast. I am so grateful for your time. I know you're busy and I'm just so grateful. Thanks, my friend. Thank you for joining us today on Unleashing Your Great Work. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And make sure you check out the Great Work Journals to get the support you need to get started, stay at it, and unleash your great work out into the world.